Our Father in heaven, we thank you for the reality of that that we've sung to you right now. Father, our souls cry out in praise and worship and honor to you because of what you've done for us that we've celebrated today at this table. And Father, then the reminder that there is an empty grave. And so Lord, today as we spend time in your word, as we meet together as your people, we ask you to speak to us. For it's in your son's name we pray, amen. You all may be seated. Well, to some of you, I want to say welcome. Welcome home. Welcome back. It's been a good summer, and uh, I hope a good number. I see Garen's back there. There's international students that uh, are here. They've come in. I know Jason is right there. You're packing bags this afternoon. Uh, already students have moved into the dormitories, and you're going to go welcome them this afternoon. And there's many in this room that are, are part of the education system. And so today, whether you are a teacher, elementary, junior high, high school, university, whether you're a para or you help in that process, I would like to ask you to stand. Here we are in a teacher training college, so university, elementary, primary, just please let us, y'all look at this. I want to pray for you this morning. Thank you, thank you. If you're a part of the education process in this community, uh, we want you to know, first of all, as a church, we want to come around you. We're going to do that as, we, as I pray for you, but we want you to know that uh, we appreciate your investment in the lives of children, high school students, and university students as you invest in them. And so let me lead us in a word of prayer. Let's pray together. Our Father in heaven, we thank you for seasons of life. We thank you that school is getting ready to start this week. And Lord, for these that are standing, for the time that they're going to invest with the lives of their students, with the pressure that's going to be on their lives to prepare and to examine and to reflect back and to help students understand where they're at in that learning process, I pray that you would give them joy in the task. Father, I pray that they would realize that uh, we are thankful for a community of people that want to invest in the lives of the next generation. And I pray this morning as uh, the new school year gets started this week, that you'd give strength, you'd give support, and a knowledge of your presence with them as they invest in the future. In Jesus' name, amen. Thank you all, and you all may be seated. Well, church, I don't know about you, but... Uh, all summer, those of you that have been here know that I've been working on the seven rocket verbs. And last week, I finished the seven. But we're still in chapter one of Ephesians. And so what I've decided to do while I'm with you as your interim pastor, by the way, those this may be your first Sunday, I'm John, John Sapp, and I'm serving as the interim pastor here at 12th Avenue. Uh, Brother Al Earhart retired last spring, and I get to talk to him kind of often. It's good to hear from Al. He's back in South Carolina. And uh, I'm here as the search team, which, by the way, is doing a very good job. Uh, they're continuing to interview. They're in that process of discovering what the, the person would be that they would bring to the church leadership and then to you as a congregation. That's coming in the future. But in that process, I get to come and be with you. And so, 
Ephesians is where I've decided we're, I'm just going to lead us through Ephesians. Next week, by the way, Corey Schleep is going to be here. Corey is the director of the leader of Christ First Christian Counseling, which is a part of our church. They're here every week, and I've invited Corey to come and just get to know you, and you get to know him. That's next Sunday. But we're in the process of going through the book of Ephesians while I'm with you. So I want to ask you to stand because we're not done with the sentence. This is the longest sentence in the New Testament, and uh, I'm going to read it for us again. But we're past the verses with the seven rocket verbs. We have this Sunday and after Corey, so two Sundays from today, I'm going to finish this sentence talking through it. But let me read it for us. And we stand together under the authority of God's word as he speaks to our hearts as his people. So here's God's word. Ephesians chapter 1, 3 through 14. Blessed be the God and Father of our Lord Jesus Christ who has blessed us in Christ with every spiritual blessing in the heavenly places even as he chose us in him before the foundation of the world, that we should be holy and blameless before him. In love, he predestined us for adoption as sons through Jesus Christ, according to the purpose of his will, to the praise of his glorious grace, which he has blessed us in the beloved. In him, we have redemption through his blood, the forgiveness of our trespasses according to the riches of his grace, which he lavished up upon us in all wisdom and insight, making known to us the mystery of his will according to his purpose, which he set forth in Christ as a plan for the fullness of time to unite all things in him, things in heaven and things on earth. And in him we have obtained an inheritance, having been predestined according to the purpose of him who works all things according to the counsel of his will, so that we who were the first to hope in Christ might be to the praise of his glory. In him you also, when you heard of the word of truth, the gospel of your salvation, and believed in him, were sealed with the promised Holy Spirit who is the guarantee of our inheritance until we acquire possession of it to the praise of his glory. Let's pray. Father, we thank you for what you're trying through the Paul to help us understand your intentions for life, for what you've done for us. Father, we thank you for those seven ways that you said that you are at work as Paul brings those seven things to us. And today I pray as we consider what we have in you, a God who is active and at work in our lives in this world, we pray that you would speak to our hearts, encourage us in our relationship with you. In Jesus' name, amen. You all may be seated. And so as Paul is working his way through those seven things that he says he's done, he's blessed us, he's chosen us, he's... Uh, predestined us, he has drenched us, he's lavished upon us, he has made known to us and made known to us and he's united all of that. That's a lot of work. And as I said weeks before, he's done much of that in past tense. It's already accomplished. Until we got to the verb making known, which is right now in the present, where 
in our lives, what we're facing this week, his desire is to make known to us more of who he is right where we live and to walk with us in that world that he's called us to live in. And then finally, last week, into the future where his plan is in Christ for the fullness of time, that from when time began to when we're going to be with him in eternity, all that's in that time, he's going to unite that together in him. And so as Paul finishes the activity of God, here's what I believe he wants us to have. One step beyond knowledge. It's one thing to stand here and explain these verbs to us, be reminded in my own life of what God wants to do. But then Paul begins to explain, to spell out what result that has. And so God's intentions begin to bring a result or a, an impact in our own lives. And so in verse 11, he begins this final process from what God did to now what he wants for us. And so in verse 11, he says, in him, in Jesus Christ, in the one that he's already said that six times. We have the seven verbs, but he said in him or because of who Jesus is, what God's purpose was through him, that in him we have obtained an inheritance. Now, there's some of you in this room, okay, you guys right here. It was great to be, by the way, just let me say real quick, thank you for your work in Mexico. Thank you for your testimonies. I'd love to hear every story because they're just like you shared. You, you saw new things. You met new people. But what I'm going to talk about hasn't affected you yet, and that is an inheritance. You may know that word, but, you know, high school kids, they're not thinking a lot about it yet. I remember when the word inheritance meant a whole lot to me personally. My father passed away when I was a senior in high school. No, a junior in high school. My senior year was in Holton. My junior year in high school. And we had to do something that I never thought about doing. And that was we had to read a will. And we had to sit down and have a lawyer explain to us what was the intention of my dad. Now... If I could take you all with me, I mean, we've all got stories. All of us have got life. Well, mine was a bit strange because my sister married a divorced preacher. And that divorced preacher lived in that little tiny town. I'm from western Kansas, and there's only a 1,000 people in that town. And that pastor went through a divorce in that town. And his first wife uh, became very good friends with a local guy that appreciated the the pool hall and all that goes on with that lifestyle in front of everybody in that little town. And so when my sister, my older sister, married the divorced preacher, my dad took a huge step backwards in our family. She was not welcome to come home. We didn't talk about her. And my mama said, never, never mention the name of the former wife of my, my now brother-in-law. And so on the day that we opened the will... In the lawyer's office, I will guarantee, I mean, I remember it's like yesterday. My sister sat there in the chair and wondered, what's going to be said? Because my dad didn't tell us what his intention was. He may have talked to mama, but none of I guarantee you, we never talked about what it was going to be. So as a high school junior, sitting 
there in a lawyer's office and having that envelope opened up and then start reading it, I will guarantee you there was emotion in that room. Now, I want you to know that God wants to do the very same thing for every one of us here today. He, he's already been doing it. He's cracked open the envelope and he's saying, this is what I want for you. And so as Paul is in that prison where he's thinking through, who is it that I'm living for? Who is it that changed my life? Who's given me purpose for life? And he's given us those seven verbs of what God's done. And now he says, in him, in Christ, the one that it's all about, in him, and don't you love the word? He didn't say I. Look at it. He says we, we have obtained an inheritance. The will has been read. And that will contains some really good stuff. First of all, the seven verbs. That that's what God wants to give us. He wants to give us a relationship with one who blesses, one who chooses, one who predestines for adoption. Now, isn't that interesting? Paul said that God's intention was for us to be adopted and adopted children that are included in the family are now part of the will. We're into the inheritance of the Father. And so it just links back to where Paul says we're a, he was predestining, predestining us for a relation, a family relationship with God the Father. And he says because of that predestination, as a child, we have been we have obtained or we've been given our inheritance. So that predestined, that blessing, that choosing, that predestining, that drenching, that lavishing, that making known, and that drawing together that he wants to do, welcome to the family. He wants us all to experience that. Another thing that he wants you to do, that it's just right that today, I mean, how God orders our days, we celebrated this right here. He wants you to have a seat at the table. And not only when we go into eternity, there's, there's one thing to think about eternity. That's great. That gives us hope for the future. And I want us to know that. But I believe the Christian life is for today. He wants to just tap every one of us on the shoulder and say that because of what I've done here, that you've remembered by doing this, I want you at my table. I am with you where you live. He wants you to be aware of his presence. He wants you to be aware of his invitation to join him. And he wants to, you to be aware of his power in your life. And so as Paul picks words to explain this, he says, in him we have obtained. You didn't work for it. To obtain something is a gift that God's chosen to give you in the will. He says, I want you to have this inheritance. Now, I read it because next week, or not two weeks from today, I'm going to talk about the inheritance again. We're going to talk about the work of the Holy Spirit that seals the inheritance. But guess what? Paul doesn't use the same word. In Greek, he uses a really, really interesting word in today's passage, which means allotment. 
and so as I, I've thought about this and meditated on it, it really comes from rolling dice. The allotment or casting a lot. So the winning or what comes out from the lot is what is given. And so I don't know if we, you can go this far. I, I'm going to stretch this a little bit. Our numbers came up good. Somebody rolled the dice, and the allotment that we get is unbelievable. Now, I don't know about any of you here. Some of you may go to casino. I've never, I've been in them, but I've never rolled the dice. I've never done any. It just hasn't been an interest to me to do that. But I'll guarantee you, the people that sit around and watch that table, they're watching for how those numbers come up. And it's, to, it's, it's the only time it's used in the Bible that Paul picked this word to say the allotment that came from the rolling of the, of the casting of the lot, that allotment is what we have. Now, I just have to chuckle in my heart to think, I mean, Paul, he's got a little sense of humor. He's in jail. He could use the other word. It, made, it makes good sense of the inheritance, but he chose the inheritance that we have this way, saying, y'all, we have a God who knows us so well, and his lot, and he, is the, he is over it all, so that our numbers come up really, really good in him. And so that invitation that he wants every man, every woman, every child, every tribe, every tongue, every people, and every nation to know him so that he can give to us that allotment that he's got set aside for us in a relationship with him. And so I want to, I just want to invite you to ask yourself, where am I? Have, I? have I wanted to get to know a God who's so generous, who wants to give? Or possibly, some of you are still saying, maybe... Maybe I want to get to know him. There's, there's all kinds of things that have happened in my life that have caused me question about who he is and what he's up to. And I just want to invite you to consider again a relationship with a God who gives, he blesses, he chooses us, he drenches us, he predestines us for family, for adoption, he lavishes, he makes known, and he adds it all together. That allotment of knowing him, he wants us to have an experience. And so that inheritance he wants us to have, and now the purpose of why. Look down at verse 12. So that he gives us an allotment, he gives us our inheritance, we've got it promised for the end, but there's a reason. And this is where church, our relationship with God, and then our relationship with one another starts to have a responsibility on us. Look what Paul says. He says, so that, or as a result of us having that, we who were the first to hope in, in Christ, we were the first ones. Now, that word first has caused a lot of debate. I believe that Paul's writing this from jail, saying, I'm in the Jewish nation, and God in his wisdom centuries before, chose our family, the Jewish family, to bring this message of God wanting a relationship with every tribe and tongue. He's bringing that relationship information through us. And we were the first 
I was one of the first ones to come to know what God's plan is in Christ. And so that we who were the first might be, might be to the praise of his glory. And so I want to bring it to today. There are some of us in this room that uh, it's been a number of years ago. We started in that relationship, that personal relationship with God. I mean, I've told you many times, I was a freshman in college at K-State. I didn't know anything about this. But it was in the union over a Coke where a guy explained it. I went back to my dorm and it made sense that I knew I was sinful and separated. He didn't have to convince me of that. I knew my life. But that because of God's love that he has for all of us and that he expressed it for me, I wanted that. I understood what I needed to do was to confess or agree with what he said about myself and that God in his love sent his son to do that. I received it. That was 40-some years ago. And so way back then, I started in that relationship. And Paul says, those of us that were earlier, that our lives might be to the praise of his glory. That means that people say God is a good God. The one who gives you an inheritance is a good father. Now, let's don't get mixed up here. He doesn't say, so that we who were the first to hope in Christ might do. He didn't pick the word do. He picked the word be. And the word be means that Christ is in us and he does his work in our being. It's more than just acting out. It's more than just doing a list of things. Here's the 10 things I want you to do, John, so that you can please me. It's much, much more than that. It's more of what infects us. We were dead and now we're alive. His spirit indwells us so that it changes our very being. We are different people. And finally, we're different people individually, but 12th Avenue Baptist Church and all those of you that are visitors, I want to invite you to a local expression of the body of Christ with all the diversity that's in this room. He wants that to be to the praise of his glory. And I think one of the markers of a healthy church is as we live in community, people say, you folks are different. There's something unusual about what happens at 12th Avenue. And that's to the praise of his glory. And that's my prayer. I trust that's your prayer, that as we live out his presence in us, these things, as we walk worthy, as we walk in balance of having an inheritance, as we walk in balance of what he's done for us, first of all, were people of humility. We didn't do it. We, tr we thank him that he's the one who does the work and I can treat other people without being proud but trying to live a life of humility. Secondly, that we treat people gently. And school teachers, I just want to pray. I mean, I really do want to pray for you. School's getting ready to start. And you're going to meet some little kids that... They are going to stretch your gentleness factor. Uh, that's just reality. But for the way we look at people and the way we treat one another is marked by the way we were treated by God. And I'll guarantee you, he wants to 
put his arm around you and say, I love you, I've done this for you, and he does that in a very gentle way. We live that out. Third, we bear with one another in love. Now, for Paul to sit in a prison and have all of this idea and this concept of who God is and write it down, you know, he didn't get that the first day. I think Paul, if we go back and read the book of Acts and we get to see what happened in his life, he is so thankful that Peter and James and John and the other disciples that walked with Jesus, who were the leaders in Jerusalem, when he came, he was treated, he was, he, they bear or they bore his learning, they were carrying him along as he grew up. Barnabas, read the book of Acts, we get to know the real hero of Paul is Barnabas, that's a whole other sermon. But treating one another as we bear with them in love, and finally, that we're eager to maintain the unity of the fellowship. That inheritance that we have, does it make a difference in how we live? Paul says, I hope so. He says that you may be a group of people to the praise of his glory, of what he's done among us. And so, I want to lead us in a word of prayer. I want to ask you to stand. As I close our time together, I want to do that in prayer. And then I've got a, a verse out of 1 John today as our benediction. So let me lead us in a word of prayer. Our Father in heaven, we thank you that because you're a God of love, because you're a God of truth, you know what we need. And Father, that because you've chosen to if adopt us, bring us into a family relationship, you are walking beside every one of us, helping us to discover more and more about you. And Father, I thank you that to do that, you want to communicate to a a world that doesn't know you yet. You want to communicate through our lives that you are worth knowing, that we could be to the praise of your glory. And so God, I pray as we get started As a new chapter begins, use these people for your glory in Emporia and beyond. First in your son's name we pray, amen. Church, here's the last word I'd have for us today. It's out of 1 John. We've been listening a lot to Paul. Let's listen to John today. It's one of the last books written in the New Testament. And here's what he says in 1 John 5, 11 through 13. And this is the testimony, that God has given us eternal life, and that eternal life is in His Son. Whoever has the Son has the life. Whoever does not have the Son of God does not have the life. And I write these things to you who believe in the name of the Son of God so that you may know that you have eternal life. We're thankful for that. And church, go be the church.